Hello and welcome to the TT Podcast. This is the podcast where we talk to one person from the world of the TT about their lives, their journeys and their relationship with the greatest motorsporting event in the world. Steve, we need to get out our, uh, our orange novice bibs for today's guest. Yes, sir. Can you remember wearing one of them? Do you know what? Very, very clearly. Can you? Uh, yeah, no, really, I can. Yeah, just it's more the nerves and just the, the mindset and just not knowing really what to expect. Well, I don't know what we're going to expect from this guest. Shall we get him on? Let's get him out. Milo, I don't even know. We were just talking prior to the t- uh, the podcast starting. I normally give people these big intros with loads of starts, all the years of racing. I mean, three TT starts, three TT finishes. That's it's a good going, isn't it? 100% it's a, at the it's a great start, isn't it? Yeah, I'm happy with it. So there, there's going to be a lot of people listening to it that probably know and have heard of the name, but don't know a great deal about you. And I guess for the next half an hour, we're going to find out all about Milo Ward. Oh, let's not go too far. Before we get into like the racing, <laughs> the racing at the start. As a big fan of the TT podcast. Big, massive fan. Yeah. Favourite episode? Either Molly's or maybe Hutchie's. They were both fantastic. Hutchie's was through his, you know, all his injuries and coming back to it all. And then Molly's, I just love Molly. He's just oh, an absolute great. legend. Absolutely. Anyway, we start every so, podcast. Sorry, Steve. <laughs> I love yours as well. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the bike? Anyway, we start the podcast asking the same question to all the riders. And for you, it's quite poignant because it only happened a few months ago. That tap on the shoulder. Let's talk about the actual first race, specifically. You're rolling up through no man's land. What are the feelings? What are the sensations? What are you thinking about rolling up and getting uh, that tap? Sort of go, going, as we were on the grid, that's when the nerves really hit me, as we were sort of you know, making your way up. The moment I actually sort of went into the, to no man's land and then into where the, the hand was on my shoulder, I sort of felt strangely relaxed. You know, I'd put all this effort into getting to this point, you know, like all the learning and all the other years of racing, thinking TT's where I want to be. Hand went on my shoulder and I was like, I'm about to go and do my TT race. <laughs> you know, I'm going to be officially, like, the whole week before I was a TT potential racer. Before that it was a, I'm going to go to the TT. Before that it was always a dream to go to the TT. Hand was on my shoulder, I was like, the moment this clutch goes, I'm a TT racer. Yeah, you know, hopefully a TT finisher in six laps time at the end of the superbike, but I'm gonna be one. But then it's always the the fact of, I then got Saint Ninians and then Bray Hill. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like let's get through that bit, get past Court Bridge, and then then we're on for a winner now. We can relax. We can go. So it was it was shit myself, shit myself, shit myself. <laughs> relax, sort of like a dead state. I, I don't, I couldn't really explain it other than sort of the like zone. A, yeah, just there. And did that all kick off from the moment you opened your eyes on your first race morning? Mm. Yeah, yeah that whole morning I was probably a bit angrier than I should have been. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Apprehensive. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The nerves are kicking out. I was like, ah, about, to, about to go and do it. But, you know, the, the guys I were with, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a little bit, were fantastic. Mm-hmm. They couldn't have been a better bunch of people to go and do my first TT win. Yeah. The, whole, the whole team were amazing. What, what we don't talk about a lot, and, and I guess it's because of the guests we've had on, a lot of them are starting in the first 10 riders so they haven't got a long time to wait for the first you hear that first rider go down the road but potentially you're way at the back and, and it takes a while to get to the back and once you're there yeah. 
There's riders still with tire warmers on. There's mm. still riders not even put their helmets on before they've even. Oh, they, they were heading off down Bray Hill, yeah. and I was still going like my probably two toilet trips to go before I was getting <laughs> yeah. on the bike because I was going backwards and forwards to that little portal lap cabin that we have <laughs> backwards and forwards. <laughs> but yeah, you know they're they're heading off down, and you're like, but you know you all got to start off somewhere to get further to the front, so you just sort of wait and wait and wait, and then and then and then it's there, and then all of a sudden. I wonder if that makes it worse, though, because you can hear the bikes and you know what's coming. It's like... I'll be honest, it just built the excitement. Yeah. It's like, it's me in a minute. <laughs> on, on that build-up, and especially running to no man's land, what's the thought process? What, what, are, you trying to, what are you trying to focus on, particularly? Because obviously everything's new. Mm. I know you've ridden, you've done laps around there in practice and you've had some fabulous advice from various people, but, but what's going through your mind, really, for your first ever race? My bit was always just get through... Bray Hill, uh, keep her steady till we get to sort of Union Mills and on the run up to Balagheri. And then once we were up to that point, you know, I, I knew I knew the track. I'd done the research. Milky and Barty and everyone had talked me through it. I'd done lap with Cam Donald, you know. So I sort I, I knew the track, but it was like I need to settle in, try and keep the heart rate down because you know as you set set off, my heart rate was poof, skyrocketed. Mm-hmm. All the way through Quarter Bridge, I could feel it beating in my in my throat. Like, oh, need to calm this down. So it wasn't until you sort of get out of Union Mills and you got that like sort of straight run up, could sit, control the breathing, relax into the bike, and think right, Balagheri next. Through there, it starts to go a little sideways. You start to get a bit moving, and then you thought I felt relaxed on it, and I was like, ah, right, I'm happy now. And then it was just the key points of right, you know, Crosby, get over to the right, stay over there, and just things like that where you can just hear Milky shouting at you what you need to do as you're going along and that that was then that was in i was in i settled once that first lap was done i was at right here we go now you're, you're five more it. laps to enjoy this and you do you you just sort of relax <clears throat> settle in that hour and what 40 50 minutes it took me to do it flew by really it's gone i just finished six laps i've done two pit stops so i'd come in and then you're coming down, down the slip road and everyone's it's like I've achieved it, and that was it. Right, so you didn't rock up to the TT start line. You didn't get there by chance. This is this is years in the making. So let's go all the way back. First point of getting on a motorcycle. Uh, for God, probably I think I was about three. Yeah, three and a half years old. Uh, my my older brother had a Honda QR50, and he wanted something slightly bigger. So I got handed a. Honda QR15, we went down on the little, you know, little roads and car parks and little fields and all that sort of stuff. So where we started, my dad's, uh, my dad and my gramps, massive bike fans, never racers, but massive bike fans. You know, we watched all the MotoGP, we watched all the World Superbikes, we watched the TT, we, we did all that. I used to sit on the back of my dad's bike and we'd go down to Brands Hatch early in the morning. You know, we did all, that was what, what, we, what we did. We were massive bike fans, but never mm. racers. And then... After the sort of the, the little Honda, it was we went on a field that maybe we shouldn't have been on at the time, and we decided after the we had a bit of an incident there with some people who may have been living on on that piece of land, <laughs> and uh, we, we got uh, little mini motos then so that we could go around car parks, like, you know, like prop, a bit more properly. Also, my one was a, a Craig Jones replica. Triumph when he was on the yellow with the, yeah. with the Union Jack Triumph, so that was my one. It was all signed by the team and everything on all on the rear seat. It was a great little blatter it was. And then yeah, when we sort of did that for a while, got into the indoor sort of mini motor riding in Northampton. So sort I of did that, and 
then you know, like Neil, Neil McKenzie used to bring Taylor and Taryn down to the same place. So we were down there with them and Jamie Perrin, who's a super sport rider. Mm -hmm. You know, we were all sort of there. Not, no, you know, no one was big or, or anything, but that's where we rode. And then it's like, ah, oh, outdoor riding is in the next pit. Ooh, yeah. The bike we've got is not good enough for that. Let's get another one. And then <laughs> all of a sudden this staircase appears in front of you mm -hmm. to work your way up. And that was it. We went from doing mini motos to met geared metric kits and then up to super teens, then into the British GP125s, then into stock six, stock foul. Yeah. And then I made the transition over to the roads, which was what I always wanted to do. But I felt with the roads, you needed to be a certain level of maturity. Mm -hmm. Whether I've reached that point or not, I'm not 100% sure, but I felt like I could. <laughs> so so then, you know, I, I just had to try and find the avenues to go into roads because the roads is a very different... It's the same scene, you know, it's both bike racing, but the road scene and the race scene are kind of separate, especially at the sort of, you know, where I was mm. in sort of, you know, mid-pack in stock foul. It, it was a... How, how do I go about doing that? It was never... I didn't have any people to show me the ropes. I had to sort of find it out so I asked Rob Hodson of, of all people mm -hmm. you know he was there at Donington doing a well uh, doing a BSB wildcard I was like who do I need to speak to at the TT you know that was the pinnacle I want to do the TT and he was like email email Paul Phillips <laughs> yeah so that's what I did before we get to TT and emailing Paul Phillips um how um how was your dad involved in pushing you into racing? Was it all off your own bike or because he was a, a race fan, he wanted to kind of push you that way? Um, I was never pushed. I, I could always have the decisions of what I wanted to do. Mm. The sort of the, the aim, the, 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 the game was if I did well at school, I could run and ride my bikes. Brilliant. You know, outside of it, outside, if I weren't racing bikes, I was doing, you know, push bikes down the street, playing around on my BMX, climbing around trees, you know, just doing normal kids stuff. Yeah. But, you know, I'm. Without sounding stupid here, I'm. I'm relatively clever. Uh, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not too stupid. Same I was. I was warned before you came in. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to say it with a straight face this time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and um, so the key was, you know, focus on your schooling, give yourself your education, and as your your, your reward for going up and through, we'll we'll race motorbikes. And luckily, I have a really supportive uh, family. So my, my my brother, my sister, my mum and my dad, my grandparents. Everyone was always. We're racing bikes. And at the start, me and my brother were both racing bikes. He's a f about four and a half years older than me, so well, point went up to big track racing, as we'd call it. Uh, he sort of dialed it dialed it out, whereas I continued on up into super teams and stuff. And from those mini moto days, was it always your mindset to keep climbing? To, you, you wanted to end up on on really on short circuit, and, and then and obviously progress to road racing. So yeah, the, 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 I always wanted to work work my way up. To the top, obviously, like any any seven eight year old who's into bikes, I wanted to be MotoGP world champion. Yeah, of course, standard. <laughs> I still I, do. I still do. <laughs> that's what I wanted to be. But as I was, you know, working work my way up, the TT was becoming more and more prominent in in my sort of field. You know, the road racing I was watching, you know, close to the edge came out. All these stuff was coming out, and I was able to watch it more. I didn't you know? We never had the Duke videos and that at home stored away. Mm. Stored away. We weren't like it just wasn't where we were. It was you know recorded on the Skybox. So the TT became more and more into my into my field at that point, but I was still like, oh, I'm not sure I'm ready. You know, I was 18, I was racing stock six, I was starting to get to the front of stock six, getting on the podium. I was like, yeah, I want to do a TT, but not yet. 
it's it's got to be the right point, I think, in, yeah. in in your life to go and do the TT because it's you're putting a lot at, on at risk and on, on the line on the line. But it's the TT. It's, it's got to be worth it, and I've now found out it's so worth it. But I needed to make sure that I wasn't going to go and just go balls to the wall because that was my problem in short circuit. What about dad? You know, obviously it'd been fully behind you. Mm. Obviously from the right from the from the small bikes in the car parks and mm. in, in the flipping fields, car parks and so on. When the TT was first spoken about at home, was he proactive with it or a little bit negative? He he wasn't too bad. He he it was my mum who was the <laughs> the, the the most like against it. Mm-hmm. I say, I say against it. You know, she was trying to warn me not to do it. She, you know, she doesn't want me to risk that mm-hmm. much more. But. At the end of the day, my parents will, and they'll always say, it, they'll support us no matter what we're going to do. And mm-hmm. I also said to them, if you don't let me, I'm going to go and do it anyway. <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> may as well support us. I'm big enough and ugly enough now to go and do this on my own. I don't know how I would have had to beg, borrowed and steal even more than we currently do. <laughs> but, but we would have, I would have done it, even if it had been rocking up to the Manx on a, on a 650, like a mini twin or something that I could have got for £4,000 and had to run it myself. I, I, I wanted to go and achieve it. I wanted to go and do it and have a go at it so they were both on board my grandparents were on board they bought me my my Arai helmet for the TT they were like right we want to give you the best the best helmet we can get mm-hmm. so they went and got me that everyone's been super involved and you know as much as supportive they can be you know without you know putting the feelings that they don't want you to aside because you know it is unfair on them it's a very selfish thing that we do you know mm-hmm. i get the enjoyment out of it you got the enjoyment out of it when you did it your family doesn't <laughs> they get the nerves they get the nerves they get the panic of not knowing what's going on while you're 17 miles away yeah doing yeah. 180 mile hour they don't have a clue don't make it worse for them because they're <laughs> going to be listening to this it's, it's completely safe mum if you're listening there's <laughs> no issue at all <laughs> But it's it's a strange mindset for an 18, 19 year old. You don't often get that. Like no. you say, as a seven year old, you wanted to be a MotoGP champion. But then 18, 19, you start going, oh, TT, TT. And it's normally, it's, that's not normally how it goes when you listen to a lot of riders' stories. Yeah, some people always want to do it from the start. Some people fall into it at the end or it's like a, you know, do you want to do it? But my bit was, you know, I'd watched it and I'd seen it and I was like, I want to do it. But I, I care about life as well. So yeah. it had to be the right point to know that I could get round, that I could get my free finishes from my free starts. You mm-hmm. know, that was that was a bit. That's what I wanted. Didn't, didn't want to just turn up and go guns out, thinking I'm going to be the Billy Big Bollocks and I'm going to be at the front and set the newcomer lap record. I didn't. I wasn't bothered about that. I was bothered about learning. You know, mm-hmm. it's a three to five year deal. This TT thing to be at the front, unless you're Mister Plater over here. So once. That was in your mind to compete the TT. What was your mindset then, and what was your process of starting to learn before going over? Well, so I went, sort of. Uh, so I raced uh, some sidecars in in my spare time. I'm a bit of a passenger, and uh, I was a passenger in eighteen and nineteen for John Shipley Junior. Now his John Shipley Senior races sidecars. So in twenty nineteen. Shipley Jr. said to me, he was like, do you fancy coming over and, and watching the TT? At this point, in my head, I'd want to do it. But, I'm, you know, I was a bit, you know, there's one part, of my, uh, one part on my shoulder going, you want to do the TT? And then the sensible <laughs> one's going, mm. it's a bit dangerous. <laughs> Are you really ready? <laughs> yeah. And so I went over and the, we got there. It was a, 
it was a bad year 19 for practice a week at the start it was mm-hmm. you know, all rain and that and we, yeah. we ended up there getting there mid sort of midweek and that's the first night of practice in the end so we were at just on the exit of uh union mills think outside opposite the petrol station yep yeah so one of the shipley brothers happens to have a house there so we we're in his front garden we sat down they're like you're gonna hate this and you're gonna go i don't you don't want to do this anymore <laughs> when you see him coming through sat there and i got got my phone up and i've, I've recorded it and in comes dean harrison through union mills drops in sideways all the way out to the gutter rocks and crap all being flicked up behind him sideways and off he buggers off and then i was in love that was it and that was it that was it <laughs> just straight up i was like yeah i've got to do this i'm, having, it I'm having some of that <laughs> it's just you don't see you don't see that on short circuit and you can't be within two meters of him yeah. you know i was in someone's garden mm-hmm. so was a, you know we were on the a sort of concrete brick wall footpath dean house and chucking rocks at us yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that was it, laying a big flat black line on a road that was perfectly, you know, clean, as in on the road, you know, cars going over yeah. it. So no tracks on, on, you know, marked out there. And that was it. I was like, ah, right. Well, I yeah, I, I, I knew myself a bit of that. <laughs> but then COVID hit. So your plan to come after that? Well, the the, the, the plan was when it was right. So I'm at 19, I was like, right, I've got to do this now. Mm-hmm. But I hadn't got a date set in my head. Then COVID hit and I took 2020 out. I didn't race anything in 2020. 2021 came back in and I went back into stock foul. And something was missing. It just The short circuits weren't giving me the same thrill and buzz that I'd had before. Mm. And it wasn't until sort of towards the end of the year that I went. I went. I said to my dad, I want to go road racing. And I think I'll do the TT in 23. And for 22, we'll go and do... You know, Cookstown, Tandragee, Armoy, sort of, you know, th- that sort of road racing, mm-hmm. you know, a bit more scratchy and and then we'll go for the t- TT in 23. So at that point I asked Rob, you know, who do I need to speak to? And he said, you know, talk, talk to Paul. And I sent Paul an email and said, look, I'd want to come over in 2023. How do I, this is what I've done. This is my sort of CV. What do I need to do to achieve that? And at that point, they had just starting up the virtual right bike yeah, thing. Yeah. Have you had a go on it? No, I haven't, no. Try and get yourself close to White Laugh. Yeah, yeah. And um, he was like, oh, why don't you uh, why don't you come and have a go on that and see what you know? You know, I've been playing the TT game since I was a little kid. Mm-hmm. Got all the latest ones. And I was like, yeah, I'll go and have a go on that. You know, I'm sort of pretty good at video games. Seems like a big video game. And I came up to Preston, where, where that is jumped on and Barty was there and he was like right you're going to be the first person to have a go on this so just you know there's a master one that Barty sets you then ride around throttle brake turn and you then get compared to the master yep. lap see how close you are he's like right so we're looking for people we're going to say people know how <coughs> the track is or know where they're going if they get over 75% and you do it on you do it on a on a bigger bike which I think is Barty's 2011 or 2012 lap, and you do it on a super twin lap, which is on one of the patterns, mm. and then you combine both your scores together to give you an overall percentage of how well you know the course. Mm-hmm. And I think I scored about 86%. Oh, nice! And this is, so this is all from not going over there, learning the course. This is and hadn't done any from learning. Yeah, this was this was November, November 21. So you know it was quite late at this point, 
And no, sorry, 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 Milo. November 2021. Yeah, and I didn't. In so you've not been over there and done any laps. No, 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 wow. It's purely all the knowledge you came from the games. Yeah, yeah, come from the games and watching the onboards and just being a TT fan. Yeah, a fan, yeah. You know, that, yeah. That, that, just a TT fan and, you know, I'm quite good at revision and that sort of thing. So my thought was, if I'm playing the game anyway, when the TT time does come, I'm going to know it. Yeah. So, yeah, that was sort of November 21, I think. Might even been December. Somewhere along there, one one of them got snowed off or winded off because they couldn't, Barty couldn't get over here, um, because of the weather. So it was one of those times, and then yeah, um, at that point, Barty said to me, he was like, "Why aren't you doing it next year? You clearly know what you're doing. Why aren't you doing it in 22?" I was like, "Oh, well, I don't have a I don't have a team. I don't really know who to speak to. I'm just my plan was 2023. Go and try and prove myself a little bit on the roads so as a safe, fast rider, and then hopefully I can." squeeze my way into someone's sort of back of their awning with my little I've got a little I've got an R6 a 13 SR6 at home so and then yeah I can go and do it that way even if it's going through the Manx or whatever that, that'll be fine and um, but he was like alright let me go and make some phone calls so then I think sort of January time mid middle of Jan got a phone call from Barty I've like got you a team for this year what do, what do you think <laughs> well you Yes. <laughs> Obviously, yes. This is the greatest call ever. I was bouncing around the house like no tomorrow. At and this at this point. point, had you been for a lap around in a car or anything? Is it still... Other than when I went over in 2019. Yeah. Yeah. That was the only time. That, yeah. So he was like, why don't you come over here and, and, and meet the team? And if you get on and you both want to do it, we can sort it out. Yeah. So I jumped on the phone, booked a plane ticket, <laughs> the following weekend, went over and met. Mick Sharnock at TC Racing, DP Coldplaining, and got on, well, from my point of view, you might say something different, but from my point of view, like a house on fire. <laughs> <laughs> he might say he's a right toss of a Funnily enough, he did get in touch with him. He, he did yeah. say that. Yeah, he did well, say that. <laughs> but the whole, the whole guys, they were absolutely fantastic. And so I met them and we sort of said, yeah, right, we'll, we'll, we'll do it. And, you know, I got a rental car and sort of did five, six laps and each day that I was there, I was there for a long weekend and met up with, with Milky and Barty and they, you know, take you for your laps as well. Really. Was that an eye opener? Yeah. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> all of a sudden, if I fell off on the video game, it didn't matter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now all of a sudden it's like, oh, this is really going to hurt. There is actually a big wall just there. <laughs> oh, that's the whole track. bricks. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, and it was, it was fantastic. Barty and Milky are so knowledgeable, so knowledgeable, and they have a fantastic way of passing that knowledge back on to us newcomers, mm. to be like, this is what you do. And I think the first time, I don't think Milky was 100% sure that I could do it. So it wasn't until the next time that I came over, and obviously I, I, as I went over, I took, a, I took a notepad, had each corner cut out into a separate page of the book, or any notable corners, and every I was jotting stuff down and recording bits and pieces so that, I finished up in the hotel room that night, went back home, studied that, played more of the game, watched more videos. At this point, I was now, you know, every evening, two, three hours on the game, watch a video, go into the toilet, YouTube up, poos became 17 minutes long. Because <laughs> 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 that, was, that was, you know, you've got 17 minutes a piece. Full of it, <laughs> please. <laughs> Sometimes it'd be longer, but, you know, <laughs> I'd do two laps in if it was a bad, day, a bad night. <laughs> 
but that, that that was you know just take every opportunity that you can and you know the other bit was you know, I was still living at home with my parents at that point mum would come in why haven't you done this oh well yeah, I'm saving my life at the moment by playing the TT game <laughs> nice <laughs> you know, one the yeah. more I do the nice. more I learn the safer I am <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no it was, it was it was a great learning experience and then came back the second time and Milky then asked you the question you know he asked you the question to, for you to give him the answers mm-hmm and I started to be able to go back to him and tell him what he wanted to hear. And at that point, I was like, he sort of then gave me more the vibes of, yeah, you are, you are, you can do this, you are capable. So I think I went over another, I think I went over four times in total. One time I took my own bike, my road bike over and rode around on my own bike for a few laps. And, you know, the missus came along and so, so she could see it all and, you know, she's been really supportive through it all you know not going always too dangerous she was there going for me so that was fantastic and then yeah that was it then we went over at the end of may so just just going back to that learning process obviously you jump on that um virtual bike and mm. you know you pass the test with flying colors and bart is like let's do it now that must fill you with confidence but then when you go out there and and you've got milky saying mm. how was it at that point? Do you think maybe I'm not ready, or or do you just go? I need to study harder. It was I need to study harder. Right. It's, you know, it's like failing a maths test. That you yeah. Need, you know, you failed it. It was like right. It didn't put you off thinking you weren't ready. No. No, because in my head, it sounds stupid saying it now. I'm like, ah, three months was a lot, long time. It's really not. No. But at the time, I was like, I've got three months. You know, typical sort of twenty-four year old like, heavy yeah. rain. Right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll sort it out, and that's what I did. I just you know went to work, got home from work. DT, went to bed. That was it. So give us an example of those questions that, that Milky would ask a newcomer uh, when when they're learning it. So it'd be a silly thing. Well, I say silly things. Like, so as you come out of uh, Balakrai, up over the jump, uh, you've got, as you're heading down to Quarry Bench, you've got the three bits that stick out of the wall. And it's going, right, how many are there? So that you know, if you say two, then you're going to, you know, count the first two and then not realise there's another one, you're going gonna... to... So what, what are those bits in the wall? The, the, the sort of rocks or just the hedgerow sticks out. I, I, don't, I don't know, right. just the banking sort of sticks out at you at those points. Right. So it's counting all three of those because they sort of, as you're looking down the road, you don't really notice them until you're sort of on them. Mm-hmm. So if you move too close to them, you could easily clip them all. It's like Crosby staying to the right, mm-hmm. like Christ staying to the right. Um... Glenn Helen when you tip in. It's all, all little bits like that that he's going, right, where do you turn in here? Which corners? Is this a late apex or an early apex? And most of the time it's a late apex. But there's a couple of points where they are early and it's like, he's asking you, like, is this one late? You're like, yeah, it's late. No, this one's an early. Over the mountain, how are you? You know, where, where do you... The, what looks like a, a perfectly straight piece of road when you're doing 30 mile an hour suddenly becomes... Quite a large kink at 170 mile an hour, and yeah. it's that sort of stuff that he really tests you on to know that when you come to that point that you're not gonna fail. Yeah, mm. you're not you're not gonna make a mistake. And knowing what corners are next, you know, the end of Selby Straight, you you need to know that you've got Selby Bridge. If you forget that that's there, you're gonna have a big, big, big problem. Yeah. So fast forward on. Obviously, you know, we've gone through what Chris spoke about at the start with the touch on the shoulder and away you go and uh, you're going down. Bro. This, I'm talking about not first race, but practice. You know, you're away. What, what through the practicing of TT Fortnite was the toughest sections to learn, to get at one with? Mm. 
still so it's not saying you're perfect it, now. I don't I say I'm still not one. With, yeah, I'm not with saying you're perfect now, but what was the toughest? Because um, I had them, everybody yeah, has them. I, I struggled a lot with the veranda up on the mountain. Really struggled. I probably still struggle with that now. I'm not anywhere near as fast as you can go through there. Same as um, sort of top of the big arrow, through that little section coming up to that and, and through the top and bottom big arrow through to the 13th milestone. I'm using barely any of the road there. I'm sort of sitting in the middle, you know, I'm hitting the top bottom of the garage where I need to, but at the going in when, you know, you've got some fast corners going in and let, like coming up the 11th milestone up to that point, all of that, I'm, I've got three or four foot to the to the gap, but I've just not got the confidence yet to power it through those corners like you need to, to use all the track, because the track you can use there. It's completely fine to. 11th is difficult you know to use the foot because it goes very negative and mm. I, I i didn't like that because it was you always felt like you wanted to use more but you can't mm. if it's coming out there i'm i'm probably right in the middle on the white line like there's, there's, there's still two three foot with just carry a bit more power through same as the top of the garrow i'm slowing up too much to go in bottom of the garrow i'm really not confident with that i'm I'm not a big sort of the compressions of probably my most hated part on mm. hill bottom of the garrow that I'm not yeah. a fan of it. It's so uncomfortable. I feel terrible for the bike, terrible for the myself. It shouldn't be going through this, but here we are. We're going through. Thirteenth milestone. I found really difficult. Really, so you know, you're going in, you hit the brakes, and you're like, I still don't know where I need to tip in. So then ended up scrubbing off all my speed, tipping in, and then it being like wide open. So as I was yeah. coming in, it's just like every time, like you silly, silly sausage. But what do are you, you doing? Do you remember that? Because you've got another 37 miles to go before you get every, to that point. Yeah, every time you get back there, you're like, right, I got it wrong last time, let's do it again. Let's get it right this time. Oh, no, I got it wrong again. Right. <laughs> now I've got to wait to a pit stop first, then I can yeah. come back and do it again. That's why it takes three to five years to, to, yeah. to eventually you know, learn I, the circuit. I probably have one of the best years going. I think I did about 34, 35 laps this year. Bloody hell. Which is... Mental, you, mm-hmm. you know, we had great weather for it. We managed to run all the races, albeit at maybe slightly different points, but we managed to run it all. Yeah, yeah, I did, I did an awful lot of that. So, it's not often you get as a good newcomer year as what I got this year. I should have done better than what I did, but I... we will, uh, we'll talk about race week, we'll talk about your future, and we'll talk about you featuring in the new uh TT docuseries that'll be uh, that'll be coming out soon as well. Right, join us for part two next week.